Hello, this is Kenya, and welcome to my magical cottage core life. Today, we're going to talk about a plant that I thought I knew what it was. I kept trying to look at it. I knew it was something familiar, but I couldn't put my finger on it when I saw it recently. So the hunt was on, and I had to find out everything about it that I could. And usually, there's some edible or some other kind of folkloric anecdote that I'll see, but this plant stumped me for quite a while. But once I got hold to it and was really, really into it, I began to appreciate it just for what it was. So, open up your big book of stuff, because today we're going to talk about a new viburnum. Today. We're going to check out Leatherleaf Viburnum. Let's get started. Now, sometimes it's really hard, it's really difficult for me to say a name. So, when I say this name, Understand, it's not going to be perfect, but very few of us are. But it's important to know the Latin names, so we know we're talking about the same plant. So this plant is Viburnum ritidophyllum, or ritidophyllum, depending on whether or not I'm pronouncing it really correctly. And I know that I have some listeners who are cringing for my pronunciation. And that's okay. But you want to know it's the right plant. And you probably know it's cousins. Because viburnums are one of the larger families that you see everywhere here in the United States. So, give it up to the viburnums! this particular plant it's actually an evergreen shrub but you've got to be very careful with it and the reason I'm saying that is because as you know children love anything that's pretty they love berries they love flowers and blossoms and this particular plant gets them twice a year So you've got to be extra vigilant. Because if they eat these berries, they're not necessarily the best for them. In fact, you shouldn't eat them at all. One of the side effects can be stomach upset. And stomach upset often leads you to think that it's just, oh, I'm just going to have a tummy ache. No. No, this is dangerous. This is this is a toxicity issue. So it's not just a bad stomach ache. This is one of those things that you would call harmful. So do not, do not eat this. This plant is really pretty. And to me, 
it kind of looks like skin, which is probably why it's called Leather Leaf. It's very durable, but you know who really loves this plant? Birds. Now, of course, you're going to say, well, they're going to eat the berries. There's another reason they love this plant. They love it because of the water. I don't know how much they like berries from this plant or not, or even if they do eat them in actuality on that kind of regular basis. I do know they are reported to eat the fruit, and I do know that there are quite a few birds around the ones I was looking at today, but I also know that when it rains, it's one way the birds can get some good rainwater. So that's something to keep on mind. That if you're looking for a plant to grow, that, you know, especially a shrub, that would be good if, you know, you need a little water retention or water droplets or whatever, this is the plant for them. And something else you want to keep in mind, if you have a problem with deer eating up your, your hedge line, there you go, because they don't like this. that's really nice is that you can actually cut off the flower clusters and use them in arrangements. You want to be careful though because like in anything else there's always the chance that you have chance that you have a sensitivity. So if you use these in flower arrangements, I would recommend you use them for outdoor ones after you dry them and use gloves when handling them. I'm not saying to touch it at all is going to give you a reaction. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is, some people are sensitive to certain substances. Or even if you're not, you can develop a sensitivity as well. Perfect example, I grow rue, specifically narrow-leaf veiny rue, and its sap is very irritating to me. At first, it didn't bother me, the scent didn't bother me, it was just interesting. But as the years have gone by, when I gather rue, the the sap in it just makes me itchy now. And it's not a, like a normal, just a tiny little twinge either. Every year that goes by, when I gather rue, I get more of a reaction. So know your body, know yourself, know your plants. So keep keep that in mind to be careful. Something I want to also point out, this is not one of those cases where one plant can be substituted for one of its cousins. You don't use this plant for a medical substitution. As always, I want to remind you, I'm not a certified naturopath, I'm not a certified herbalist, nor am I a doctor of allopathic medicine. But I will say this, because I know it to be true. You cannot substitute this plant for its cousins. You may be taking cramp bark and think that because it's cousins with it, it's in the same family, you could substitute it. You can't. Don't do that. You might be eating black haw 
and think, well, since that berry is edible or that droop, because it's actually their droops, not berries. They're actually droops. You may think, well, since those droops are edible and it's in the same family, these droops are edible too. Don't make that mistake. Don't assume anything. Presume nothing. Presume everything in the world is toxic unless you've been taught very well by people who know otherwise. But all that aside, I do recommend planting this plant because it is really pretty. This shrub is really gorgeous. It's a very, it, it makes a statement and it will be there during the winter and during the summer. So I think it's worth planting. It's not native to here though. It is from China. It is actually gaining traction around here. It brought, was brought over, according to the reports, in 1900. So it's not a brand new immigrant to our world, but the thing is, and when I say world, our Western world here in America, the United States, but the thing is, you don't want to let it go unchecked. Don't bring it to an area where it can upset the ecosystem and take over, okay? Always be mindful of what's in your area. If you're using it in a park, that's probably fine. Using it on a farm, take a look around and see what's there. It's really good for that area, but always, always, always check to see what else is there. And check with your local extension office. Make sure it's allowable in your area. You know, I like to share new discoveries with my friends, and we're friends, right? And to discover the name of this this shrub that I've always been wondering about just made me so happy today. So I will hope it's going to bring you some happiness to know it too. And I hope to see you here next time finding some happiness listening to My Magical Cottagecore Life. Now from a decorating point of view, for people who do centerpieces or make table wreaths or displays for holidays, I will say that I believe these leaves will be absolutely amazing if you spray paint them with either silver or gold or rose gold or bronze. Just imagine the texture that you would get from it would be absolutely beautiful. Mix that with something like a nice black cherry bark. Um, you don't even have to spray paint that if you have access to it. And maybe some things like some uh, pods or even go all out and add a few things like little bitty tiny crab apple. Well, fake ones, not the real ones. It's too hard to dry those. And you could have an amazing display.